Welcome on into the 2-3 podcast. I'm Cam, that is Zach. Episode 8 of Season 2, live from Austin, Texas edition. Wow, live from Austin. What's going on there? Yeah, I, I don't actually know of any other Austin, so I could have just said live from Austin edition, but I said live from Austin, Texas to be more specific. I'm here for work. If you can't tell, this is not my microphone. This is a cheap $10 pair of headphones that I found, not found, but <laughs> I got. Um, and yeah, that's what we're rocking with in this episode, Zach. Traveling for work, but that still doesn't t- stop the 2-3 podcast from cranking out these episodes. Here we are. No matter where we're at, we're still uh, trying to get on the mic for you guys. Georgetown still sucks. What else is new, Zach? We beat Monmouth. And also, shout out to the men's soccer team who are national champions. Very, very proud of them. Yeah, that was awesome. Got to watch the game along with the Monmouth game. And so awesome to see them become national champions. It's quite a close game. Obviously went to PKs and it was uh, it was really cool to see some orange and orange raise, raise the Natty trophy. Uh, obviously, we were alive for the, the Cuse. 2003 basketball championship but i didn't watch that so it was cool to at least see some orange win a natty so that was that was really awesome we were going to give the soccer team a shout out but if you remember if you've been a listener this season we gave a shout out to the football team when they were really on a roll and then they proceeded to absolutely crumble and lose like six straight so we did not want to jinx the soccer team so we decided hey we'll give them a shout out when it's right or when their when the run ends, which it did not, but really proud of them. It was a very fun ride. Like Zach said, they won in PKs uh, in the national championship to beat Indiana, and to see the dome like explode when they won was really really cool to see. I love that they had it on the on the you know big big jumbotron. That was it's just so fun to like see all these orange teams really show up and show up. I had no idea that we had a good soccer team, Zach, but here we are, national champions. Absolutely. And one cool thing to know is the team returned to Cuse later that night after they won the Natty. They got back into Syracuse at like 2 a.m. and 100 fans met them when when they got off the bu- uh, when they got off the bus. One yeah. of those 100 fans, our guy Jesse Edwards. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Jesse has has said too like in the World Cup, like he was rooting for the Netherlands. He's a big soccer fan. He's a soccer guy. It was fun to see him interact with the um, with the soccer team. You don't really think about these these athletes that they are on the same school. Like they all cheer each other on. It's I love it when athletes sort of interact between their different sports within their school. It really gives that you got to remember that these kids are just they're college kids and they're all friends with the different athletes and. Um, like we said, could not be more proud of the soccer team. But moving on, Zach, we got to talk about basketball. We got to talk about this Georgetown dub. It felt good. It felt great to beat up little brother. Felt very confident the majority of the game, but we really had that heart and that passion definitely in this one. Yeah, this one felt really good. Obviously, it's Georgetown. So anytime you beat Georgetown, you feel good. And just overall, based on the play, and especially after that first half, a little slump, we started off a little slow. I feel like that's been the trend these last few games. We've been starting off pretty slow, 
But once we, once we got going and things were settled and we got in our groove, it felt like it was our game and we handled it and got that Georgetown dub. 83-64 win over Georgetown. Judah Mintz was insane. He had 16 points. He had 10 assists. He's really come into his own the past couple of games. And I want to ask you, what have you seen from his game to be able to transition into what he is now? Because in the beginning of the year, he was a little bit slower with his development. But it seems like these past like three or four games, he's really kind of come into his own. Yeah, I mean, I think he's just slowed it down and really taking his time and hasn't been forcing it. I think early on he's really forcing it and just throwing up shots. But now when he doesn't have a shot, he finds someone. And that's, you know, that's where he gets those 10 assists from. Which 10 assists, that is a beautiful, beautiful number. I love assists. I know some people don't love assists. Some people are like, whatever. But assists are like probably my favorite stat line. I just love sharing the ball and moving around. And I think 10 stats is uh, really great to see from Judah. If you want any sort of success in the NBA as a point guard, you got to have that assist total up. And Judah did, has done a great job these past couple of games of dishing out the ball. If he is driving in, he doesn't have a, a clear shot at the rim. He's going to be dishing it out. And that's what Jim wants. That's what the team needs from a point guard. I feel like that's what Samir did really well. He was able to kind of facilitate the game, and that's kind of what Judah is picking up on. Um, these past couple of games, like I said, I feel like we've seen a much more mature Judah in a very short time frame, and he's really showing everybody that he was really hyped up when he first came here. And the first couple of games, I was, you know, he had talent. You could see that, but you didn't really know when it was really going to blossom or if it was going to blossom this year. I don't know about you, but it's definitely blossoming a lot quicker than I thought it was going to. You know, he, he's developing very well and quickly. I think he's he's very coachable. I think, you know, coaching staff is, is, is happy with his progression so far. And, you know, it's, it's not even 2023 yet. So things are going to be looking good. And one little stat line I want to throw out quick, too, is he got five steals against Georgetown, too. That's, that's very impressive as well. Very, very impressive, especially in that zone. If he's able to read uh, the passes at the top of that zone, man, he could be he could be dangerous. A guy that we had just mentioned, Jesse Edwards with a double-double. This man has been a monster the past couple of games. 20 points. He had 11 rebounds. He's been everywhere. And if we didn't have Jesse, Zach, we would be a really sorry team to see I want you to just kind of, we, we've talked about this several times, but I want you to take a look at Jesse's game over the past couple of years. Could he be one of the best centers that we've had in orange uniform? I think so. I mean, he got snubbed last year after his injury. Otherwise, I think he would have finished with a fantastic year. I mean, that does damper his his year a little bit because of the injury. But otherwise, he was on trajectory last year to be, you know, one of the best times we've seen in years. And, you know, I think Jesse has pro potential, NBA potential when his time here at Cuse is over. And I'm just really excited to see what he's able to do throughout this year. It's it's honestly insane. If, you know, three, four years ago, if you were looking at Jesse Edwards, you know, limited minutes or not playing at all, to see, to, to see where he is today is just incredible. I do worry a little bit, and this has been – this was actually you had mentioned it before 
Uh, Jim even mentioned it. When it comes to physicality, Jesse lacks that a little bit. When he goes up against really physical teams, he kind of struggles. And we saw that with Illinois. He got bullied around. And um, when you go up against teams like Notre Dame, who really aren't that physical, or you know, even Monmouth, they well, Monmouth was pretty pretty physical. But when you go up against teams like uh, Georgetown, who are really not that physical, he can work the paint. He can do what he does. But I do worry when it comes to tougher ACC opponents that are bigger than him or basically the same size as him, I worry that that's going to impact the game and kind of put a damper on his scoring and his rebounding. Yeah, I think that's my biggest worry about Jesse moving forward, especially when we get into ACC play, is when he does go up against that physicality against you know the Dukes and the Virginias. It's uh, he, he sh- he's, he's shown to struggle, and I think as a team, we struggle against that physicality. And it's not, you don't have to go head to head with these guys necessarily. I just think you need to hold your own. And sometimes Jesse, just even as a team in general, I think we, we, we struggle with just holding our own against a certain level of physicality. So I think as a team, we need to work on that. And in particular, Jesse too. Want to move on to Samir. We got to shout him out as always. He, he stabilized the game. He is such a great general when we need him. That's the big thing, is when we need him. Judah's really come into his own. We haven't really needed Cy that much, which is a good thing because it shows that Judah's able to control the offense. He's able to lock down on defense. But when we need him, Samir is there. He, whether you get six minutes from him, whether you get 12 minutes, whether you get 25 minutes, you're going to get a very impactful and efficient outing out of him there aren't many games where you could say wow Cy had a terrible game and if he does I mean he's not playing that much so when he's out there he really makes his impact known yeah I mean absolutely I mean I just got echo you one more time give Cy another shout out because I really do think those 12 minutes he played were super impactful and super crucial and it, it truly in my opinion really helped stabilize the game Early on in that first half, like judo didn't wasn't quite going yet, and everyone else still was kind of out of the flow. And then Sai came in and he, you know, got got assist to Jesse, you know, got things flowing, and then everyone else was able to kind of find the groove. And I really do think Sai, while you know you look at his stat line, it's not like crazy, only twelve minutes, but I think those twelve minutes were like some of the most impactful and important twelve minutes out of anyone on the on the squad here. Could you see? Even with all the forward play that we're getting and everything, could you see Samir as the sixth man of the year? You know, in a lot of ways, I think he is. And I think, you know, what you said to he's there when you need him. And I think that's also like truly valuable and important. Obviously, when Judah and Joe are, are playing well, which they have been in this recent stretch here, you des- you, ne- you don't necessarily need quote unquote Sai. But when, when you do need him, when you need, when you're struggling against Georgetown early on, Cy comes in and he and he does a great job. So, it, it, I think I think he's six man of the year if you, so far at least. I look at Cy's performances and yeah, they're just so efficient. They are so meaningful that he's got to win six man of the year because you got a lot of those people that um, come in at the forward position, whether it's. Uh, 
you know, Chris Taylor or John Bolajac and Malik Brown that are obviously having an impact, but it's it's a different person every game. But Sai has always been consistent. He's always been there when you need him. Uh, he's definitely Mr. Like if we're if we're down and out and we need somebody to control the offense, he's he's the man to do it. Georgetown is so not worth our time that we're not even going to spend half of the podcast on them, Zach. We need to move on to this Monmouth game. It was a good win for the boys. All said and done, might have been a little bit shaky, but able to come out with a dub. Uh, win's a win. Um, <laughs> Jim had said the boys did not really want to play tonight, and you could tell it was it was definitely a struggle in the first half, but the second half was much better. Um, we were able to play better defense. We were able to get our flow going. But in the first half, man, oh, that was that was a close one. Yeah, there was nothing very pretty about this game overall, especially that first half. I mean, luckily, most you know diehard Q's fans at least were distracted by the the soccer game. So, and I think I think just in general, like they're playing it in the dome before the game. They're playing it like on screens on the opposite side of the court in, in in the dome. So I think just in general, everyone was a little distracted. You know, no one really wanted to play. People were just like, just beat Monmouth. Like we don't care. We don't. We just just beat Monmouth. That's like the mentality. Like in it, I think they kind of took them for granted, but. At the end of the day, we got the W, and that's all that really matters. They were pretty physical in the paint, and again, this is something that Jesse has struggled with a little bit, and maybe that's like his next step of growth is being able to play with the physicality because Monmouth was deafening, definitely giving him a little bit of fits in the paint, but all said and done, he was able to come away with a double-double which is good. You'd like to see that, that he's able to actually put out a, a decent performance. He had 10 rebounds and 12 points. Four blocks as well. Four steals. I didn't know that he had four steals. But he's able to put out a decent performance all said and done. The issue is, Zach, when the going gets rough, he does struggle a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think Jesse, there was times he really struggled against that physicality, but obviously he did still play well. I mean, Cam just read a stat line and it's super impressive. Still double double, you know the, the steals and the blocks. Like that's no joke. So I just think there are the times when he is like really struggling to kind of and he he just he just can't get to his spots like he can any other time against a less physical team. So again, not to beat it beat it too much here, but just that's something hopefully he can work on moving forward. It's almost like we don't even need Munir Hima. He literally had a minute. And we don't even <laughs> we do we don't really need him, even though he's like Munir Hima could definitely like get solid minutes when you need him. We needed him earlier in the year, but Jesse's really found his own and I don't know, man. I keep thinking about like what Judah had said that we have the best center in the country, or at least in the ACC. I'm kind of believing it now. I don't see many people that are disagreeing with that because it, it it's probably true at this point. Hey, 2020 is coming. 20 points, 20 blocks. It's, this year is happening. Get ready. So, so if you don't know, uh, there was a video that was put out by Syracuse Basketball where they were interviewing Jesse after this game. Samir Torrance took the microphone and said, uh, you know, when are we going to get 2020? When are we going to get a 2020 game, and Jesse said, it's coming. I could see that happening. Maybe it's coming. Against, 
it's maybe coming against like a, a duke perhaps i it's think i could 100 coming dude we saw um chuku go crazy one of the games against duke so maybe we'll see that for judah or uh, for <laughs> for jesse um judah is the next guy that we need to talk about because he dazzled. He had a career high, 24 points. He had five assists and four steals. Again, Zach, that assist line is still popping out, but 24 points for Judah. He is he looked great this game. And again, he's really starting to come to his own in the past couple of games. Yeah, Judah just keeps playing well game to game here. It's really good to see. I mean, I do think there's a little chatter online like why is you just so late in the game uh after you know being having a decent lead late in the game but you know i'll give him his 24 piece and it's career high and let, let him go into you know this next few games stretch feeling good so you know he's playing well i mean i don't really know what sh- what more is there to say other than he's, he's playing well and uh he's doing everything we want him to do at the moment yeah he really is it's it's almost like if he's playing well you don't really need too much else from anybody else because he's able to control the offense that well i mean joe had a decent game he had 16 points that's i mean that's that's a joe game if judah is playing that well that you don't really need the shooters out there because judah is able to control everything the biggest issue when we look at the offense has been this forward position and it's been the biggest headache it's been what we need to talk about every single episode and like I said, it's a different performer every single game. This game, it was Malik. He did terrific. In 24 minutes, he had 11 points and 7 rebounds. Although Jim said that he's not quite ready yet in his press conference, it seems like Malik Brown does everything that you want him to. Maybe he's not quite ready, but he's certainly got to be close to being able to be an everyday player. Yeah, I think Malik Brown, whenever he gets opportunity, he he shows great things. And I think Malik Brown is is really knocking on the door. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see him come into the starting lineup here against Cornell. Here's the thing. Malik might not be ready yet, but Chris certainly is not ready yet. So, and and you could argue that Justin Taylor's not ready yet. John Bowl Jacques, while he's plays great I don't think that he is ready to be a starter so why not start Malik Brown because like you had said every single time that Malik Brown is out there he does everything that you need him to so why not why wouldn't you start him I think that looking at this forward position you've got you got to do something you got to change it up somehow even though some of these forwards are playing a little bit more than Chris is even though Chris is starting it's like, why wouldn't you play Malik Brown or, or Justin Taylor at this point? Yeah, I think it's coming. Before we jump into Chris, I just want to give a quick shout out to Benny. I do think he had a he had a pretty good game, and I think you know he made a three. And he he had, in his presser he in an interview he was talking about how, in in high school he was, he shot forty percent from the three, and the last year he only made one three the entire year. And then this year, you know, he's made a handful of threes. So it was just cool to hear him talk about that and how he's just trying to get a shot going, how he's capable of shooting. I mean, overall, I don't think the coaching staff wants him to be like a three-point threat. But it's just good to see Benny out there making shots, building confidence, and uh, putting a pretty good game together. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I think if you look at the whole forward package, I think that 
Benny's going to keep his starting spot, and I think he deserves it because he's playing well. He's starting to become more consistent. Maybe you're not getting the production out of him that you need or want, but it's at a point where it's not really hurting the team, so you may as well start him, and you may as well get as many minutes as you can out of him because, like you said, he's not playing poorly, but if you keep that rotation in a forwards, I don't think that he would be like a detriment to the team. Maybe he's a little bit... I don't want to say lazy, but maybe he's not putting in as much energy as Jim might like, maybe as the fans might like, or maybe as the team might need, but I don't see him necessarily like ruining the chemistry on the team. I think that he's had his spot for, you know, a while where he's, he's, he has his role and I don't see him. I don't see that changing anytime soon. So I think that when you look at the forward position as a whole, Zach, I think you got to start Benny. The biggest issue is what do you do with Chris at this point? Yeah, Chris is in hot water after this Monmouth game. Jim said in the presser, he literally just said he can't play someone who can't rebound. Yeah. And (laughs) Chris has zero rebounds. Cam, I have some troubling stats for you. Before we get into it, just – this is pretty obvious, but who do you think has the most rebounds on the team? Well, I mean, of course, it's it's got to be Jesse Edwards, the man, the myth, the legend. Of course, right? And can you just throw out a number for me? How, how many ballpark would you say on this year, how many rebounds do you think our guy Jesse Edwards has? Uh, Like per game or in total? In total. Um, man, I don't know. It's a pretty that big means- number. I'll give, I'll give you a little, it's a three-digit number. That's a big yeah, hit. I was I was gonna say it's gotta be well over a hundred. Uh probably like one twenty. One twenty four. So that was good. One twenty four, okay. That's okay. a lot of rebounds. It's a lot of rebounds from our guy Jesse, right? Yeah. And then it's a bit of a drop here, right? So I'll, I'll give you Benny. Benny's our next. How many how many does Benny have on the year? Benny's our next. Wow, that's actually really surprising. Um if Jesse has one twenty four, I'm gonna guess that uh Benny has probably 70. 51. 51 is our next. Below oh that. Oh, my God. Is JG3 with 28. Oh, my gosh. Then a bunch of guys with 27, 25, 24, 21. And then if you scroll all the way to the bottom, only above Peter Carey, who's played in you know four games this year, and then... Quidier Copeland, who has 63 minutes on the year. You have Chris Bell with 12 rebounds. 216 minutes. Wow. Wow. Because I'm trying to think. He just got, Chris Bell just got his first offensive rebound, like not too long ago. So that's, those are all like defensive rebounds, but like he's wide open and nobody else is around him. Oh my god! I I I have understood why Jim has been so annoyed with his forwards not rebounding. I didn't realize it was that bad. Isn't that insane? Here's the biggest issue, Zach. What happens if Jesse doesn't have a good game, or what happens if Jesse gets injured again? That is such a large contribution that you are losing. That is. That's like half of the rebounds on the team. Does he have more than half of the rebounds on the team? He must. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's, it's, it takes like three or four guys, three or, th- three or four of the top guys below Jesse to get up, get up to, to get up to his amount. That's so worrying. Yeah, I, I, I get why Jim is so annoyed now because there have been clear rebounding opportunities where Jesse's right there, but also a forward could get it, and then just Jesse just kind of does it. It's like if you want the job done, just do it yourself. Wow. That's really sad. I don't even know what to say after that. That's so sad. Like, how much longer do you think that Jim can keep this leash on, on Chris Bell? At what point do you just say, screw it, he's he's going on the bench? I, I think I think Cornell, I think he makes a change. He, he said now in several pressers, he keeps harping on the rebounding. Chris is still not rebounding. He just had a zero point or zero rebound game. I think... I think he makes makes a change against Cornell. It's I mean, because in past years I feel like we've talked about this maybe off off air, but I, I feel like he didn't make a big of a deal of changing the lineup like when Jalen Carey lost his spot to JG three those years ago. So I'm, I'm just a little confused why he's like making such a big deal about changing like because it's two freshmen. You know, we're, we're changing out two freshmen here. Like, no one, I don't know, it just seems like it, it's an easy, like, little flip. Like, why not? Give it a go. I think probably because Chris was such a an early commit, and he was such a high-level commit. There was a lot of people that were talking about him when he first said that he was going to go to the Orange, and he is clearly not, he's, he's clearly not ready for the for what Jim wants of him. Now, that could mean that he leaves a team at the end of the year. I have no idea. This is still like the beginning of the year. So, you know, maybe down the road we see Chris Bell in a position where he's able to come back into the starting lineup, but I'm with you. It's got to be this Cornell game. There's no way that he does not start somebody else soon. And who do you think that is? It seems like maybe Malik Brown is is the hot forward right now. I mean, that the hot four keeps changing. You know, the, a few games ago against Bryant, that was our guy, Justin Taylor. You know, there's times where John Bullock looks like his senior leadership is, is coming in clutch. But most recently, in, it seems like it's, it might be our guy, Malik. I have a little bit of a hot take. I don't think that, and again, we, we're all about positivity here on the 2-3. So I'm about to say something not very positive, and I'm going to apologize in advance. I don't think that Justin Taylor is playing as well as people might think that he's doing because Justin Taylor, aside from the one big game that he had, is not putting up as much production as... like he. I think that Benny's putting up more production than Justin Taylor is, so it's really not like much to say... I think John Bolajac is actually playing a little bit better than than Justin Taylor right now. And no disrespect to John Bull because John Bull has been playing his butt off. But I don't think that Justin Taylor is ready. I think he's a good player. I just don't think that he's ready at this time to take the starting reins. So that leaves Malik Brown and John Bolajac. And I think at this point, Zach, I'm going to go with the hot hand. I'm going to go with Malik Brown with possibly John Bull playing as like a third forward 
and coming in like when when we need him, which is shocking to me to say that. I did not think that John Bolzak was going to get that much playing time this year, but he has played tremendously well. I just think that Malik Brown has been more efficient as he's gotten his minutes. Yeah, it just seems like we've said this before, but whenever he does get those minutes, it seems like he's delivering positive things. Like every time when he gets a run, he's, he's he does positive things. So if, if he gets the start and is, has a little bit of a leash to make a few mistakes, I think we might probably see something pretty, pretty great from Malik Brown. I just don't think that Chris Bell has it right now. Maybe if you switch Chris Bell to a three position and you just focus him on like his offensive production, but even so, you're you need the rebounding from your forwards. And I think that Malik Brown just does a better job of that. Jim had said that he kind of experimented with putting the Benny at the three and putting um it must have been Malik that he put at the the four as well. So Jim said going forward could see a little bit more of that. I like that. I thought that that was pretty innovative. I didn't think that you would have to get that creative with with these forwards that we have because, man, I really thought that Chris Bell was going to do it. And right now I'm I'm a little bit disappointed. I don't know about you, man, but I'm I'm kind of disappointed in what we've seen from Chris so far. Yeah, it's a bummer, and I don't want to throw Chris too far. Too hard under the bus and just throw him to the wayside here. Like, you know, we're still cheering for you, still cheering for him. I mean, hopefully this can be a wake up call. I mean, I'm sure he's already like not happy with his play. Like, he's still like he's starting, but he's still like very limited minutes, very short leash. So I'm sure he's already in, you know, a state of like, I gotta figure things out here. But maybe losing his starting spot officially will change change things for him and just hopefully like he can develop into into a, a player that we know he can be obviously even still like he's he's two for two from three in this monmouth game so he's still scoring so like there, there's opportunity for him to come in come in on the three make it make a shot or two with very limited minutes and could, could help you know this that could be the difference to help us win a game down the stretch here but obviously he would probably want a bigger role than that but i still think he has a role moving on forward on this team and Hopefully he is able to develop into uh, something something more as we move forward here. So in the grand scheme of things, who are you putting in his position when he goes on the bench? If he goes on the bench. If he goes on the bench, which I'm really feeling like it's been looming all year and it feels like based on what Jim's saying the pressers, I mean, he'll never commit to it. He'll never be like, this is what I'm going to do <laughs> until it happens. But... If I had if I had to make a guess, I would say Cornell Malik Brown gets a start. Malik Brown gets a start. Did you really did you think that Malik Brown was going to be starting this year at, at any point? It's been swaying around. I mean, early on, he was like Mr. Fundamentals didn't miss an exhibition. You're like, wow. Oh, it's been weird. I mean, I think, I mean, Jim's a very big practice guy, so I think maybe sometimes practices he doesn't do as well. And you know, because like two games ago, he didn't he didn't even play. The game before, or he he didn't play against Georgetown, and then he has a, a good game against Monmouth. So it's a little bit weird of his usage so far here, but I do think, again, when he gets minutes, he does get things. So let's see what he can do if he gets a start. I want to talk about one more person before we wrap it up, John Bowl Ajak. We'll keep talking about him, but I just want like you to to go over like how has John Bowl been this good this year 
because it seems like he's gone from being like a fun player that everybody loves like when he comes on the court to actually having like a role on this team and a, a pretty significant role at that. Yeah, I do think he struggled a little bit against Monmouth, but otherwise he's been super solid. I think he just brings like a extra level of confidence and his knowledge. He's been with the program from three years now or four years. Yeah, quite some three or four, two, two or three years now. So I just think that element that he brings with such a young team, obviously, is is huge. And just the effort he brings and just the energy too. The effort and energy he brings above everything is is just incredible and i think john bull is does a good job and hopefully he can keep it up and overall he's a good teammate he he showed that in the little scuffle that we had earlier in the year against bryant but he's a good teammate he's a fun guy to watch out there and that's what you need at this point like you need somebody who's going to be just that good teammate and is able to get rebounds. Please, somebody get rebounds. So the next game is coming up on Saturday against Cornell. They're a very formidable foe. They are either 7-2 and two or 5-2, and two, depending on who you believe. And we'll leave that as a little bit of a cliffhanger going into the preview, Zach, because we'll have, we'll have a whole breakdown, a preview of the Cornell game coming up. It'll come out, I believe, on Friday morning, so definitely stay tuned for that. Until you hear from us then, we will talk to you soon. Let's go Cuse.